1: He had fallen on some hard times but was trying to turn his life around. He was living with his mother, but on the night of November 4, 2010, he left his uncle's house and walked to his cousin's. From there, he got a ride to a local Hardy's restaurant. He was never seen again. I'm Ed Denzel, and this is unfound. <laughs> Family, is there a word in the English language that can have so many different definitions and examples? TV and movies have probably done the best job in showing exactly how many different kinds of families can exist. For example, is your family more like the Corleones from The Godfather, or the Bundys from Married with Children? Like the Bradys from The Brady Bunch, or any one of the families in the film Parenthood? How about The Sopranos? Or Leave it to Beaver? All of us can watch any of these families and see something of them in our own. Loyalty. Betrayal. Comedy. Sadness. Love. And yes, hate. And there's nothing like family that can bring us to such highs, but also to the deepest of lows. In Ronnie Russell's case, you're going to hear a lot about family. We talk to his mother, but we also hear about his sister, his children, his uncle, his step cousins, his wife, her brother and the rest of her family. The tough part, probably more than one person in his family knows what happened to him, but the case is still unsolved over six years later. And now a summary of the case. This is brought to you by my friend Megan Good's site, charlieproject.org. Ronnie Russell, at the time of his disappearance, was living with his mother Wanda in her home in Batesville, Arkansas. He lived there because in the weeks and months prior to this, Ronnie and his wife, married for three years having two kids, had been having marital problems brought on mostly by drug addiction. These marriage problems also caused Ronnie to lose his good job at Conagra. Even after moving into his mother's home, Ronnie still wanted to get back with his wife. On the night of November 4th, 2010, in what is believed to be an effort to go see her, Ronnie left his uncle's residence unexpectedly and walked to his step-cousin's place not far away. There, around midnight, he got a ride with his step-cousin's wife who just happened to be driving to her job at the local Hardee's. Once reaching the restaurant, Ronnie told the woman that he was going to walk over to the gas station. At no time did he mention explicitly why he wanted the ride. In addition, the people who saw him that night did not say he looked or acted suicidal. After leaving the Hardys, Ronnie was never seen again. Foul play is suspected in this case due to problems Ronnie had with both his wife's family and her new boyfriend, although his struggles with drugs could be a contributing factor. The interview for this episode is with Ronnie's mother, wanda tosh unfound news we had the first unfound amateur sleuth meetup four people showed up and no i wasn't discouraged by that because none of them had heard of this program but now they do and in fact one of them a woman had worked for crime stoppers before and had some police connections so all in all not a bad evening And it's an experiment. It's something that I don't think anybody has tried before. So I'm going to continue to work at it. I'm going to continue to market it. And we'll have another meetup somewhere down the road. And hopefully more people will show up. And we'll start to solve some of these cases in Pinellas County, Florida. In other news, the unfound book is starting to take shape. I've put my ideas down on paper. The hardest part will be the transcription work of all the interviews that I've done. I don't mind doing it myself, but if anybody would want to do it, I'll make it worth your while, and you'll be part of what will probably be a very successful true crime book. Finally, I think I should reiterate that Unfound does take requests. If there are cases that you know of that should be better known, if you know somebody connected to a disappearance, please contact me. And oh, the new logo is at the printer's. Where you can find Unfound? On Twitter, at Unfound Podcast. On Facebook, the Unfound Podcast Discussion Group. The membership grew by leaps and bounds this past week. Thanks to all the friends and family of Kleshindra Hall who have joined. I deeply appreciate every one of them. Thank you for becoming part of the conversation. You can find Unfound on Instagram, at Unfound Podcast. You can email the program, unfoundpodcast at gmail.com. Please subscribe to Unfound at Podomatic and iTunes. And please, if you like the program, go to iTunes and give it a five-star review. And finally, also, please mention Unfound at all the true crime locations, such as Websleuths, Reddit, Podcasts We Listen To, and all other true crime websites and forums. And to note before the interview is played, the disappearance of Ronnie Russell is another case where the missing person made some bad choices. We make no judgments. Wanda and her family deserve answers no matter how Ronnie lived his life.
0: Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting to your happy place
1: for a happy price Go to your happy price, Priceline I'm very happy to have on this episode of Unfound the mother of Ronnie Russell Wanda Tosh Wanda, welcome to Unfound Thank you Please tell the listeners a little bit about your son Ronnie Ronnie, he was
0: a good kid when he was growing up he was, he was a character. He always liked to make people laugh. He, he, he never met a stranger. He loved to talk. He loved to talk to people. He was, he was outgoing. He was a really outgoing person. And he, he did get in little, you know, with his friends, you know, and stuff. They would smoke pot. But, you know, i get on to him, but he never would do anything hard. He didn't wholly drink. He wasn't a drinker.
1: He what were what were some of his hobbies? What do you like to do? Is he into sports? Was he into hunting or fishing? What was he into?
0: Yeah. He loved to hunt. He loved to fish. And he loved to play ball. But that's about it.
1: What are maybe, what's maybe one significant memory that, that you have him as a as a kid, maybe a vacation or... You know, what comes to mind, what, what do you see in your mind these days when you think of him? What age, how does he look, wh- what is he doing when you think of him these days?
0: Oh, I think of him still the same. and He had some pretty green eyes. Always had a pretty small. I just miss that. I miss that very much.
1: Yeah. So you remember him as he was when he, at, at the age uh, that he disappeared? Yeah. Did um, Ronnie have any brothers and sisters? He had a
0: brother that died at two, and he has a sister that's 31.
1: And, and how they did they two—they uh, got along good, huh?
0: They got along good. They were close. They were close.
1: Has, uh, I, I suppose—and what is his sister's names? if you—sister's name, if you can tell the audience?
0: Her name is Jessica Marilyn Chastain.
1: Jessica. And the two of them got, I, I suppose she took this disappearance hard like you did, right?
0: Yes, she did. Very hard. Very hard. She misses him all the time. She thinks about him. She blames, you know, of course, his ex-wife. I mean, his wife.
1: Let's, speaking of which, uh, let's talk a little bit about Ronnie's wife and who he was... Having some troubles with. We don't want to go too deep into their relationship, but listeners, I think, need to understand at least a little bit about her. What do you remember about how she? Her name is Candy. How Candy and Ronnie met, and how long they dated before they get married. What What can you tell the listeners a little bit about that?
0: Well, he met her through uh, my ex-husband. Because he was going with her mother, and they was going to meet up that day, and and they they didn't meet up that day, so he went out to a
1: club, you know,
0: and she was there, and that's how they met.
1: Would you say it was love at first sight, or would you say that they had to grow on each other a little bit? What what was your uh, what was your assessment of it?
0: Well. They, he act like he loved her. I mean, he, but I don't know, you know, he he seemed happy with her
1: Mm -hmm. at first. How long did they date before they got married? Do you remember?
0: I think about close to a year. I think close to about, close to a year.
1: And they ended up getting married. And did they have uh, kids? They got two kids. And
0: she had two previous kids by a different marriage.
1: And, and Ronnie did? No, he did. And
0: I mean, her, she did.
1: She did. Okay. She she had two kids from a previous marriage and marriage. In, and did Ronnie as well?
0: Yes, he had one.
1: Okay. A little girl. All right. And he had her at the time. And at some point, though, they started to have kind of a falling out. Do you remember the first time after they were married that maybe you caught wind that things weren't going well?
0: It wasn't too long after they got married. Everything started going downhill. I mean, she was drinking, and my son didn't hardly drink. I don't know what else she was doing, but I know she was drinking, and she'd drank and she'd fall down in front of the kids and stuff. It was it was terrible. Hmm. And Ronnie would work and she'd call him on the job and want him to come home. And then finally he got fired.
1: He got it it was so bad that kind of this dysfunctional relationship that they were having that he ended up getting fired from his, his job. Right.
0: Okay. They had a bad marriage. A very bad marriage. Treating okay. him like dirt. She'd go out on him with other men.
1: While they were still married, while they were living together.
0: Yes, she would go with and She would go to the bars with him. He didn't want to go. He wanted to stay home. She wanted to go out and she wanted to party, and he had to drag her out of the bar.
1: And there was some there was some drug issues in this relationship as well, wasn't yeah. there?
0: After, uh, I think, a couple years, she started taking meth. Her mother took meth, and she started taking meth, and I guess Ronnie started, you know, taking it with her. So I know he did. And uh, then it went really bad. It got real bad. I mean, they got, well, she had throw him out of the house. He'd come walking. She'd be driving the car following him, following him down the road, trying to make him get back in the car, and he he wouldn't do it. He said, "Just leave me alone." And he she keep on aggravating him and wouldn't leave him alone. Then finally, she just one day she just put him in jail because they fighting and insane, And she said she wanted a divorce. And she didn't want to stay married to him no more.
1: All right, so they were so they were headed for divorce. Yes. Okay, so they were headed for divorce at the time that Ronnie disappeared. Right. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about what you remember about those days before he disappeared and then the day and night that he he did disappear, at least the last time that anybody that we know saw him. He was living at your house by this time, wasn't he?
0: Yes, he was staying at my house. But he said he was gonna go over at my brother's house, you know, for a couple of days to hang out. So,
1: and how long? How long had he been living with you before he disappeared? No more than a month. And do you remember anything in particular that went on during that month? Do you know that if you know he did go back over and tried to see his wife, or yeah. did he tried calling her on the phone? What? What was going on there?
0: He called her on the phone all the time and bagging her. And she would hang up on him. And he'd keep calling her.
1: Begging her to, for her to take him back.
0: Yeah. He said he couldn't live without her. He loved her. He didn't want nobody else. He said, I can't understand why I can't be happy. I said, well, you can be happy. I said, Just for this kind of relationship you got, you need to let it go. You just need to let it go because it ain't going to work. And he said, Mama, he said, why are you trying to hurt me? I said, I'm not trying to hurt you. I'm just trying to tell you my own experience what I went through. I tried to tell him that was a bad relationship and they wouldn't, they'd never be happy. But he just didn't want to listen to it. So he was really hurt, depressed.
1: How are you two getting along? Otherwise, though, besides this this disagreement over him trying to get back with his wife, how did you two get along during that month?
0: We got along good, but we always argued. I always argued with him; he always argued with me. We've always done that. (laughs) He told Mama, he told me, he said, "Mama, I love you, but I can't live with you." I said, "You can get your life back straight. You can get your turn your life back around." He said. Look at me, Mama. Look at me. I got a scar on my face. I'm getting bald headed. I said, "Oh, you still, you're still a handsome man." And, but he had a real bad look on himself, you know, because of the scar and stuff on his face. Well, her brother cut him up.
1: Yeah, we are. We're gonna get into that. We don't want to get into that. Uh, just as yet, because I want the listeners to make sure they understand, you know, how this all went down. So, he was living with you for a month, but then he went to stay at his uncle's, your brother's, for a couple days? hmm
0: And he has a son, about a couple years younger than Ronnie, well, probably about four years younger, and he's got one about two years younger. And, he uh, he's went there and hung out with him for a while, and and of course, Josh. He's a little troublemaker. He was the youngest of my brothers, and he he went and sold a gun, and had Ronnie to sell it for him. And they went they went up to Danny Willis's house. That's the the man that they sold drugs and stuff. Someone one got in trouble, and that's
1: just in those few just in those couple of days that it that Ronnie left your house and and before he disappeared is that right just in those couple of days this happened
0: yeah yeah and that just that couple of days
1: so your brothers kids were not a good influence on Ronnie i guess
0: they weren't good kids but they were they were at the time on on drugs themselves
1: and so finally we get to the day and night that he disappeared and so he's staying at his uncle's, and then he just Ronnie just up and decides to take off to walk off into the woods. Well,
0: Josh, of course I don't believe the half word the kids say. Josh said I was talking to Ronnie. I told him he couldn't stay here because you know we can't afford to you know feed you know other people because he lived with his mama and dad, and he had a kid, and. Ronnie said, "Well, you know, he didn't. He not expect to stay there, you know, and so he said he was aggravated, and upset. And he said he just left and went out in the woods and didn't come back. And that's what he said. And, and that
1: was that was kind of true, um, but." But he, but what we found out was that, what you found out, I guess, eventually, is that Ronnie ended up walking somewhere else. He didn't just vanish into the woods. Where did he go?
0: He went to his, uh, my sister-in-law's son's house, his step-cousin. And I guess he was probably going to work or he was still in bed. I don't know. Uh, but she was going to work. So she gave him a ride to Hardy's.
1: Okay, and, and how, let's back up just a little bit. How long is the walk from your brother's place to this step cousin's place, would you say? Oh, it's, listen than them all. This is something, this is something that you and I just discovered today, but he gets there at sometime after midnight, but then he gets a ride with who? that night or that morning maybe uh, her name was candy her name was also candy
0: yeah candy griffin
1: wow two candies in this story okay
0: right
1: <laughs> hope the listeners don't get confused on this um no,
0: it's easy to do
1: yeah so she was going to work and we're still not sure if she was going to work like right after midnight or at some time in the morning But he walks there, and she's going somewhere, and he decides to hitch a ride with her. Right. To your knowledge, had that ever happened before? That those two rode in a car together? He got a ride with her to into downtown Batesville. Any, you know, had he ever done anything like that before?
0: Well, he's went over their house, but I don't, I don't know if he's ever. He's never. I don't think rode around with her.
1: That's the first time that she ever gave, to your knowledge, that he she ever gave him uh, a ride anywhere. Right.
0: That's the first time that I know that she, but I know her boyfriend. Now, he spent some time with him. Okay. He rode around with him, but, and he was on drugs,
1: too. Yeah, there's a, yeah there is certainly a lot of uh, drug usage in this story, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of—this town is full of drugs, let me tell you. It still is. It's bad.
1: Did this this woman, Candy, the Candy that is not Ronnie's wife, did she say anything uh, about this, uh, what you found out later? Did she say anything about this? converse Did they have any conversations or— did she say, you know, where Ronnie was going? Did he give her an explanation as to why he needed a ride somewhere, anything like that?
0: Um, all he said, he was just going to town for Wallside, They called it Wallside. It's a village station down down here in Baseball. And he said he's going there and hang out for a while. And he was talking about his wife to her. He was talking to us about that she had sores on her from the mess. And uh, he was joking with her about women. He said, well, if you see any women, send them my way. And she said he didn't seem no suicidal or nothing like that.
1: Didn't seem suicidal. Didn't he, uh, seem out of his mind. He seemed very regular.
0: Yeah, but he still, yeah, but he still was stressed. He, she knew he was stressed
1: over her. And at any point did Ronnie say to her how he was planned to get back home, back to either his uncle's house or to her house or to your house? Did he ever was there any plans for her him to meet her later in the day? Or did he say, oh, I'll call somebody to come pick me up? Or No. 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 So we get to so she gives him a ride sometime after midnight or early in the morning and the he walks off just disappears. Seemingly nobody, seemingly nobody has seen him again. When did you find out that he had gone over to his step-cousins, that he had taken this ride, and then he disappeared? When did you find out about all of this?
0: That was about, probably about three weeks after that Josh told me that he walked off in the woods. And then three weeks after, my... My sister-in-law told me that Brandon, that Candy's uh, boyfriend, Brandon, said that uh, she, he said that he she gave Candy gave her him a ride to Hardy's. I said, Well, I didn't know that. I said, But why did Josh tell people that he went off in the woods and never come back out? Because I went down and made a police report that Monday, and saying he's missing, and I think something happened to him. You know, he went off in the woods, and they searched that woods. They searched it, and we searched it. And then I found out that she gave him run out right where he can just walked off in the woods and it'd be somewhere else.
1: So they allowed, so your other family members allowed this search to happen in the woods around the uncle's house or wherever else, even though they kind of knew that this woman, Candy, uh, who's the manager of this Hardee's, gave him a ride somewhere else.
0: Well, the, that was a couple of days and when the cops uh, searched it. No, they didn't know that at that time my brother didn't or Josh
1: His
0: mm-hmm. never didn't know that that time and then we waited about a couple months and then we went and searched it so that he knew that but I thought maybe they got their days and everything messed up so I, I wanted to go look and I had people I had it in the paper and had people come out different strangers different people come out and Helped look, but we didn't
1: find nothing. Yeah, probably because you were most likely searching in the wrong place, do you think?
0: we not. S-
1: simply, be- simply because you didn't have all the information. Yeah, right. I was going to ask you just to clarify, when did you find out personally that, how long after that night did you find out that Ronnie was missing?
0: It was, let's say it was Friday, and I didn't hear from Ronnie on Saturday, and I called, I called Rand, uh, Randy, my brother, and that's when Josh told me he was out in the woods and all that. I said what? He said yeah, he's out in the woods and it's getting cold. He's gonna freeze. <laughs> and I said, my lord, you know, and I was, I was upset, you know, and so I waited to Monday to go and call him missing, because i want not to see if he, he might show up. Because, you know, it ain't like Ronnie just leave and don't come back.
1: He'd never done that before.
0: Never, never. He never left, and he'd always show up at his his uh, my mom's house or at my sister-in-law's house. <laughs> but he he never just leave and don't come back.
1: So you found out just a few days after, and then you filed this um police report, and then you didn't find out till several weeks later about this uh you know him being dropped off at this Hardee's. At that point, did you suspect maybe that he was trying to go back to see his wife?
0: I thought he was. I thought maybe he's gone down there and because uh, he thought she was going with somebody, and she was. And I thought he went down there. I always thought he did.
1: You thought that maybe he... And how close is this place where he was dropped off the Hardee's to where she lived? It's not close, is it?
0: No, it's not
1: close. Uh uh
0: But he's walked... And long distance before, because mm-hmm. he's walked from from uh, my house to his uh, his cousin's house at Cave City, and that's quite a piece. about That's about fifteen twenty miles.
1: He's wa He used to walk fifteen twenty miles, really. Yeah, he didn't. He he didn't care to walk. All right. But from the Hardee's to where his wife was living at the time, it's something like 10 to 15 miles, about that, right? Yeah. Okay. And do you know if the police at the time went and talked to his wife at all to say, hey, did Ronnie ever show up here? I know that they were searching in one area, but at that point in the investigation in those first few weeks, uh, was the wife asked about his disappearance, to your knowledge?
0: Yes, uh, Mike Monty, the investigator, he went down there and talked to her. And he said she didn't have nothing to do with
1: it, his disappearance. Did she even know that, that Ronnie had disappeared?
0: She called me, yeah, because he's supposed to got the kids that weekend. That And she asked me, did he show up? I said, no. And she said, well, I think something bad happened to him. I said, what do you mean something bad happened to him? Well, he was distressed and everything, and he said if he wanted to see me, and he said he was going to go kill himself. I said, Ronnie wasn't going to kill himself.
1: So that's how she knew that something might have gone wrong, whether... You know whether whatever the case may be that he was supposed to get the kids that weekend and he never showed up right, and how many days after he disappeared would he have been picking the kids up two days later? Do you think
0: well, he would have picked them up uh the next week
1: the next week how many days how many days would you say that was after uh he disappeared about a week? So that's when she figured out that he probably was gone. I'm wondering, being that he was calling her so much, and you said he was doing that while he was staying at your place, I'm wondering if she didn't maybe realize earlier that he had disappeared, being that she wasn't getting any calls from him anymore. I'm wondering she about did.
0: That. She did. She went at my brother's house, and Josh, my nephew, that wanted to tell the story, she said... Joss and her went riding around looking places. And Joss said she was just driving around in circles. She was all messed up.
1: Yeah, she was on drugs at the time. And so maybe, yeah. So maybe she was not in her right mind. And how long would you say that the police tried to figure out what happened before they kind of just moved along?
0: Out of mine, because every time I take them something, they would they would never do nothing. But well, but they did when uh, they went and bust uh, Danny Willis and Wanda Moody at at Cape Well, it's close to Cave City, but it's still Baseball. It's like 40, 45 Chow Lane north of Baseball. They he's a he was a drug dealer he sold meth and other stuff and the feds bust him and I told somebody called told me that Ronnie was up there that day. They said they said he was up there and he was sitting in a chair and he was foaming out of the mouth. And that's when I told Mike Mondi and I told him about all them drugs and everything. I said they're they're selling that drugs and they And then the feds was watching them anyway, and I didn't know that. And they got busted, and they took uh, two uh, cadaver dogs, and they checked the place with the cadaver dog and see if they could find any human remains or anything. Now, they did question him and everything, but that don't mean they're going to tell the truth.
1: No, of course not.
0: And there was this other boy, uh, Brian Mosier, he went he is kin to wanda moody that was living with danny willis that was his aunt and he he went to his mother his mother's aunt's house and he then he had blood all over him and uh he said i'm in trouble i'm in bad trouble and she said why why i'm just going to get in trouble and then his mother his mother come and pick him up and that was it that was and that's why my brother said that somebody needed to investigate him because he might know something.
1: How long? Ago, how long after Ronnie disappeared did those things happen?
0: Well, it was that night. It was that I guess around Saturday or Friday or Saturday on know Friday night. I guess that's what what happened when that boy went to his aunt. I think his aunt's house, but she's dead now, so I didn't get to talk to her. And uh, so it's probably about it. That night.
1: Then, so you're saying that the night that Ronnie disappeared, somebody was saying that this this kid showed up at his mother's house all covered in blood. His aunt. His aunt's house, all covered in blood.
0: Yeah. And he said he was in trouble. He's in bad trouble if he ever gets found out.
1: And how did you hear about this? How did you hear that story? Your your my brother. brother, my brother telling me. And how did he hear about it? Is this just? Is this just like the rumor mill? Is this like the grapevine? Or did the police look the into aunt. this or or what? Oh,
0: the police didn't check that out. The aunt told him that the one that died. My brother, I said, "Where's the aunt at?" And he said, "She she died." I, thought, I said, "Well, that ain't good, you know. I can't talk to her."
1: How long after Ronnie disappeared did she die?
0: Mm, probably about a month. So, But I didn't know nothing about it at that time.
1: When did you find hear about this?
0: Probably last year.
1: Just in 2016 is when you heard that story.
0: Mm, hmm But I knew the story about, I guess, about a, a month after about... They said Ronnie was up there and foaming out of the mouth, and it was about a month after Ronnie
1: disappeared. So you heard about this like a month after, but when would Ronnie? When did they say Ronnie might have been seen at this place with his his mouth or foam coming out of his mouth that night or said, a week they later?
0: Said a, they said it was on a weekend, but they didn't say what. They didn't say what day or anything they just said it was on the weekend
1: they saw him up there uh just as a way you look you look back at this now it's going to be seven years this year do you believe those stories you do believe those are just rumors because i'll be honest with you and i know the listeners are familiar with this in all the cases that we cover on unfound you know there's quite a bit of rumors that go around you you know that the circulate and People say things just to, you know, scare people and, and people lie about doing things to, you know, make them seem tougher and, and all this, especially if there are drugs and violence and crimes involved. Do you look back at it now? Do you believe those stories or what do you think?
0: I don't know about that. I Sometimes I believe that story about what that Brian Moser said, he he might know something. And then my mom said, no, I don't think so. I think it's her wife. I think it's something to do with her. Yeah.
1: Well, speaking of the wife, let's let's move on a little bit. And you had mentioned this uh, a little bit ago about this, this slashing, the this stabbing that happened. Because I do want to talk about some possible suspects and some things that had gone on with Ronnie in the past. That um, might have had something to do with his disappearance, could you tell the listeners how it came about that Ronnie got into this fight with his wife's brother and what happened with that and how and when it happened and how that all happened?
0: It was around I guess september I don't know what day, but I think it was two thousand and eight, uh, and he was his his wife's brother come in. He's been off somewhere, and he come in, and and his wife said, let's go take my brother out. Let's go take him out, because he he's been gone for a while, ain't seen him. So they went down to her mother's, her mother's house to pick him up. So they went down to Newport, they, where they had bars and stuff, you know, you can drink, and they dance and whatever. And uh, so he got Candy's brother he got kicked out of the bar for, for starting trouble, so he had to leave. So he was mad because he had to leave. So he took Ronnie and Candy, they took him home, and he was mad and he went in the trailer. And uh, Candy asked, wanted to go use the bathroom, and she said, No, you just go ahead and go ahead and leave. He's mad. And she was so she went around the house to, to use the bathroom. And. Uh, <laughs> Ronnie went to the door and knocked on it and said, that's pretty bad. You won't let your daughter use your bathroom. She needs to use the bathroom. And he, you know, stepped inside the door. And her boyfriend, Candy's mom's boyfriend, pushed Ronnie. When he did, it pushed her into Pat. And Pat fell out the door, and Ronnie jumped out to pick her up. And when he did, he didn't know that he, her brother was, it was coming he had a knife he had a big hunting knife and he started just slinging and cutting him all up in his face his arm his chest he had a big cut in his chest and then they he told candy come on and candy wouldn't and he jumped in the car and drove to this people's house over there close and he was bleeding and they called the ambulance and he told them to call me and they called me and said he, that my son got cut up, you know, and he'd be in, uh, like, the horse, hospital, like, River medical center. So I I went down there, and, um, and sure enough, I didn't get to see my son because I had to fly flying him to Little Rock. Cause he, they said that he had so many cuts, they couldn't do it all. But, you know, there's going to have to be more than one doctor, you know, cut him. There, so they had, they had sent him. And they told him up, and, and I went down to Little Rock, and he... Uh, Oh, he looked awful. His face looked awful. They, they showed me a picture. He just laid open, and his his chest was it was just wide open. And they said if it was just a little bit further, he would have he would have bled to death. And he he said he was very lucky, very lucky. I mean, he had cuts all over his arm. We cut him.
1: And he continued. And after this happened, he he those those wounds healed, but they were scars. And that's when you, when he was talking to you earlier about how he's getting older and he has these scars and he's losing his hair. This is what he meant about the scars. Right, the
0: scars. And he, and he felt bad about the scars. I said, Ronnie, them scars ain't nothing. I said, you're still a nice-looking man. I said, don't be down on yourself because you are a nice-looking man.
1: And did this, his wife's brother... Ever was he ever charged with anything? Did he ever get a fine? Did he ever spend any time in jail? Did the police even take a report? Anything
0: they took a report, but they took their side. Even his wife, uh, Mike Mundy, took him. Same Mike Mundy is on his case now. Took his wife in another room and they talked, and she she blamed it all on Ronnie.
1: So Ronnie was the one that got all cut up, but yeah. the wife came to the defense of her brother.
0: Right. And her family and lied. And lied about Ronnie. Because Ronnie never pushed his mother out of that door. You know, he, he, he accidentally pushed her because of the, her. Pat's boyfriend pushed him, and he didn't, you know, he bumped in her because she, she was standing right by the door. And he was trying to pick her up.
1: The hair well, even so, even if he did push her out the door, I mean, that's, a, that's assault with a deadly weapon. And you're telling me that, he, I mean, even if the wife would come to her brother's defense, there is no defense of assault with a deadly weapon. I think that that's going to probably be something that listeners are going to find a little hard to believe that, I mean, that the police could be talked out of charging him with something how do you I mean really I mean how do you I mean this is now nine years later approximately um what 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 do you think went on there I mean it's really it's hard for the average I think uh person to understand that when somebody gets cut up like that and nobody has to answer for it
0: it was wrong it was wrong it was wrong doing it was all covered up because the Mike money was friends with uh Andy's uncle down there at the police department.
1: And what was the explanation that we wasn't charged with anything? What's the explanation?
0: Uh, Ronnie had a, he said Ronnie had a straining order against him. His wife had a straining order against him. They were living together in a house. I said if they had a straining order against him,
1: she did. She broke her straining order. Was there a restraining order against Ronnie?
0: It was that she did put that one out that, uh, about a month after before that, and then she come back to him, like she always did.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But when you do that, you break the restraining order. She's just as much as Travis breaking it than he was, because she come back to him.
1: Yeah, this is something that I don't think that we're going to be able to resolve probably in this conversation. But I I know that that's going to stick with listeners that uh, somebody can use a knife, cut up somebody, even if there was a restraining order or whatever else. Either way, it's not the it's not the brother's part to defend his sister in a restraining order situation. The right thing to do is call nine one one.
0: That that's what you do. Call nine one one instead of cutting somebody up for no reason. Okay.
1: Now, so, there is some violence that has happened in the family. Ronnie disappears. We have a few years before that, that the brother did this to Ronnie. They never did patch anything up. The two of them continued to be at odds with each other to the day that Ronnie disappeared, right?
0: Right. He never did for Ronnie. Okay.
1: But, so, possibly, if we were to believe maybe that Ronnie tried to go over to his wife's house. Maybe the brother could have been there. Maybe something happened, made Ronnie disappear. But there's a problem with that, isn't there?
0: Well, she said she said her brother was in
1: Oklahoma at mm. the time.
0: Okay. But I don't know if he was or not.
1: There's no proof of that?
0: No. Not okay. at that date. There ain't no proof. So I know he was going to Oklahoma... The singing deal that he, some of the idol deal, you know, the singing deal he won and he went up there and he was trying to, I guess, be a country singer, I don't know. He did go up there, I know that for a fact, but I don't know what day he went up there. But she said he was uh, he was
1: there. And do you know if the police ever even looked into that at all?
0: No, they didn't.
1: Okay. They didn't. Let's move into move on to somebody else that maybe could have had you know wanted to uh, harm Ronnie. Uh, what can you tell the listeners about Candy's new guy that was in her life at the time that Ronnie disappeared?
0: Um Tony Watson. He um I don't think Ronnie really knew about him, but he knew she was going out on him. And Tony, he was bad on drugs. Tony was bad on drugs. He was a drug user, too. And she was getting all the drugs from him. And she was staying with him because he'd give her drugs. And I figured he went down there looking for candy. And the next-door neighbor that lives in the, the apartments probably told him that she's with Tony. And he probably went and looked for him
1: on the, what you're saying on the on the night or day that Ronnie disappeared. The not, yeah, the night that he disappeared. Yeah. That's a, that's a suspicion on your part that he went to see his wife and he eventually found her and she's with this guy and possibly something happened. Yes. Yeah. And do you know, you know, being that we talked about the the wife's brother who allegedly has an alibi for being in Oklahoma do you have any idea about where Tony Watson would have been around the time that Ronnie disappeared?
0: At, with Candy. With Candy. With Candy. Okay. Because he was with her. Because I went down there about a... Everybody was telling me that he was living with Candy. And one night uh, my uh, niece went down there to talk to her and he was there. But she they wouldn't let her in. And she said the kids was crying, so she called the law. So I went down there, and the, and the laws went and checked on them, and everything made sure they was all right and everything. And he come back and said, you know, Ronnie wouldn't. He said Ronnie ain't there, he because uh, Tony wouldn't be there. I looked at, it, I said, no, I I don't think so. And.
1: um uh,
0: hmm. Downhill from there, and she got the kids took away because of drugs. Her mother, her mother was on drugs at the time, but her mother took the kids, supposedly got off of them, took the kids and kept them until she stayed in there for about six months, and then she got out and got the kids back.
1: So Candy got out and got the kids back. hmm <laughs> Now, speaking of, and we're going to move up in the timeline a little bit, and something that you had mentioned to me that it continues to be interesting is that several years later, I think you told me it was in 2015, Candy had written a letter and given it to you. What can you tell the listeners about this letter?
0: Well, she, she, first she called me up. I just got off from work. And she said, Wanda, I got something to tell you. I said, what? She said, well, I got something to tell you. Uh, and She said, it's about Ronnie. I said, okay, you know. And so I went down there and she, I said, what? And she was telling me all the story. And she said, I know. I think Tony done it. I think Tony done something to Ronnie. I said, and she wrote a letter and she said, give this letter to the cops. I said, well, you going to come with me? Well, you give the letter to the cops. I said, okay, I'll give them to her. And I mean, you know what? I didn't even read the letter. But she told me what she said in it. I didn't even read it. I went and gave it to Mike Mundy, and Mike Mundy said, "Can I keep this?" And I said, "Yes." Yeah. And I should have made a copy of it, but I didn't. But I still probably can go get it because they got his fall down there at the down there. So they should let me go see his fall.
1: <laughs> so just to reiterate what you said, Ronnie disappears in 2010. His wife is with this Tony Watson character at the time. That They're a thing at the time and whether they had anything to do with Ronnie's disappearance, we're not sure of. But then five years later, out of the blue, and and we're to believe you told me that she had kind of cleaned up her act by that time. Maybe.
0: Well, she got got back on drugs. Again. She had a relapse. She got back on it. And she... When I got down there, she took me to places and searched. We looked places and stuff on the bridge and everything and, and through the through the woods and and hmm. couldn't find nothing and she was like she said, "I want this to be over with, I want this to be over with you know kept saying that, I want this to be over with
1: but but regarding the letter, this is like five years later, then she's telling you now now that she's telling you that she believes Tony did it, and she wrote a letter allegedly saying that in the letter. But for the record, once again, you never read the letter. Was it in an envelope or something like that?
0: Uh, yeah, yes, and but and she told me to give that to Mike Monday, and he said, "Can I keep this?" I said, "Yes."
1: So, so being that you didn't read it, I mean, not to go totally to one. You know, you know, angle on this in the letter could have said that she believed you killed Ronnie. Being that you didn't, I mean, not. I mean, be just to be just to be straight with you, she says what's in the letter, but you never read it. She could have been in that same letter. She could have been saying that actually Ronnie's mother was the one who made him disappear. Yeah,
0: that, that, that she could have said that. I think she wrote, I think she wrote that because she was telling me she was. Okay. She actually wrote a letter saying that. I think so. She's, me- I think she was messed up when she wrote it.
1: All right. She was on drugs mind. when she wrote it. But
0: sometimes people's conscience makes
1: them Some... feel bad. Sure.
0: Even if it's messed up.
1: That's true. That's true. Uh, let's just look maybe at one more possible. Way. So you have, let's just cover this letter. So the, the police still have this letter you never read it but they still have it and it might be a good idea possibly if you tried to actually being that you gave them the letter it would be nice if they actually let you read it after all the, right. you know after a couple years get
0: a, co- get a copy of it that might
1: be something that maybe you need to do in in the future at some point okay yeah. is there any chance that Ronnie went to see his wife and maybe she did something to him all on her own. Maybe Tony wasn't there and maybe she did something to him and then maybe called Tony or her brother to, you know, kind of a sister after the fact. Do you think that's possible?
0: Yes. Yes, anything's possible. Anything's
1: possible. Okay. Let's move on to a couple other things and I know that these topics are going uh to be a little difficult for you, but but you have to understand something. The listeners have been listening to you, you know, to this interview about forty minutes and we've talked a lot. We've talked about your son Ronnie, who was going through some very difficult times. He'd lost his job, he had some drug issues, uh he wasn't getting along with his wife. Okay? You know, he was in a, it seems to me uh that he was in a very dark place. All right. And I and I know that you have dismissed the idea that maybe he could have taken his life somewhere, but um how do you how do you feel about that? I mean, do you think that he he there was a light at the end of the tunnel, and all of this was going on, or did he your impression was that could he have turned this all around or i mean it seems to me that he, he was having uh, each day was pretty tough for him.
0: It was hard on him. It was a struggle. He he probably had to get help with it.
1: And at that point in his life did you do you think that he had any any hope that any of this was going to change?
0: Well, he know candy always come back and forge. You know, he should leave for a couple months, she'd come back. I think he had a little hope.
1: Do you think that he had hope? Do you think that, you know, he was set on, for example, getting off drugs? Did he he ever talk to you about that?
0: Yeah, he would have got off drugs. He would have done anything. Mm -hmm.
1: So there is, uh, you know, there's nothing in your mind. and, 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 of course, there are all sorts of stories out there about people who, you know, of course, weren't on drugs and seemed to have happy lives and things going well, and they still commit suicide, jumping off bridges or whatever. And, and you know, I understand that I'm not sure that we as a society really understand all of the things that go on in a person's head when he or she starts thinking about taking their own life. All right. So we just don't know. There's hardly any experts on the topic. But as his mother, you dismiss the idea that he went out that night, got that ride to Hardy's, and then t- went off somewhere and um, committed suicide?
0: He always was afraid of that. He'd always say, Mom, if I'd done something to myself, I probably wouldn't go to heaven if I killed myself. And he said, it, he said I don't think God would forgive me if I, if I killed myself. He said, can you be forgiven for killing yourself? I said, well, you're supposed to not take your own life. It's mm-hmm. not meant that way. He believed in God. He even got baptized a couple of years before. And, of course, I, you know, I'm a strong believer in God. I, I believe in miracles. And, uh,
1: okay, well, I just... I know the listeners just wanted to hear you say it because I know that they've heard what I've heard. You know, they're listening to this program, they're hearing the same, same interview that I'm conducting with you, and I'm sure that this thought is running through a lot of their minds. Okay, and I just thought I, I feel like I needed to ask you that. I don't mean, I don't try to put any of my list or my guests on the spot, but I thought it was important to ask you that. Okay? I
0: don't, I don't think you'd kill yourself.
1: Okay. Do you think maybe that, you know, he was taking that drive with that woman, the other candy, and then he was going to get drugs that day? And maybe could have OD'd somewhere and somebody might have covered it up?
0: Could have. That, that's possible.
1: Do you think that that's a stronger possibility than him committing suicide? Yes. Do? Yes. Now it should be known that he did take his wallet with him, right? He, he had a phone, but he had something had happened to it. But he did take his yeah. wallet with him.
0: He did take his wallet. He had his wallet with him and his ID on him, and he had, you know, and if if somebody found you know anything, he could have found his wallet. And he had a necklace on with a cross.
1: And. And what kind of clothes was he wearing? I, this was, you know, getting a colder time in Arkansas. Would he have had clothes that he would have been okay outside for an extended period of time?
0: Well, when he left the house, my husband said that Wednesday he come in. Wednesday early, he come in with his his uh, cousin, the one he was my brother's son, and uh, he went and got him a change. Of, he put him a pair of blue jeans on and. And a black a black shirt cut-off shirt and it was warm that day and uh, and uh I think he had a long sleeve shirt too with him but i I wasn't here when he put on his clothes so I was at work and but uh candy said he had a sweater on over his, over had a sweater on him you know, pull over sweater shirt when she gave him a ride.
1: That's what she so said I, he was wearing. A sweater shirt. And okay. I don't know what color or nothing. So would you say that he probably was dressed uh, warm enough for the elements of Arkansas in November?
0: Mm, yeah, he had a... Yeah, he was hot-natured.
1: Let's talk about the, the police a little bit. And um, obviously... Uh, we've already pointed out some things that they didn't do uh, to the point of not ever charging uh, the wife's brother with any sort of crime or felony for assaulting Ronnie with a, a deadly weapon. Um, what do you think uh, has gone on with the police uh, during the investigation and since? What, what would you like to say about them?
0: Well, I think they didn't do no good job. And they didn't try. I don't think Mike Mundy, the investigator, I don't think he liked my son.
1: And you think that that influenced uh, how he went about his investigation as to what happened? Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Somebody took it over. They might have done more.
1: And this goes back to something, the what happened before, a couple years before, Ronnie's disappearance. It just happened that Mike Mundy was the officer you ran into when it had to deal with Ronnie getting slashed. He didn't want to do anything there either.
0: No. I, I think he, he didn't like Ronnie because was in and candy fight and he went there that time they got in a fight and Ronnie had a gun and he said he was going to kill him but he wasn't going to kill nobody. And he put the gun down, you know, because he didn't even have a bullet in it. And, uh, Mike Mundy said so a person like that don't need to be off the face of the earth. Cause so he t- he said that in front of my my da- granddaughter, his daughter's uh, uh, grandpa, and Robert Riggs. And he told Robert Riggs told me that, and I told Mike Mundy that. I said uh well, I told him what Robert Riggs told me that you said about my son. Well, I said, that ain't true. But I know, I know that my money didn't
1: let like my son. Because of their, um, because of their prior history. Right. Do you do you have hopes that at some point, uh, the Batesville, Arkansas police, maybe somebody new will take over, or, I mean, what do you what do you uh, think can happen there?
0: I think that uh, they would do more if they had. Different investigators in there. The mm. ones they got in there now won't do nothing. They 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 wouldn't couldn't dissolve. They can't do nothing. They they had to have somebody out there to go do their job. It's, Cause I went down there one day and I wanted to talk to Mike Monday. And the secretary said, if "That was my son. I'd be out there every day." To look. I said I have been out there, and I said I can't do everything. I said if it because I don't have a badge to do it. I said,
1: I'll get in trouble. How did this affect you, Wanda? How did it affect your family when maybe not, maybe in those first few days after Ronnie disappeared, you discovered he disappeared, but when you, you know, it maybe finally hit you that Ronnie wasn't coming back in the time that you thought that he would be coming back, you know, as his mother, what, is, what did it do to you and what does it continue to do to you?
0: I had a breakdown. I I mean, I just went to pieces. I had to go to the doctor. I had to get medicine. I couldn't go to work. It was a month. I had to get off work because I couldn't. I just cried and cried. and it, It's just... It just broke my heart, and and two, and still, and I mean, it hurts every day. It don't go away, and it never go away.
1: Now, the interesting part about, also, another interesting part about this case is that even though you suspect that his wife might know, maybe she didn't personally do it, but has a, you have a suspicion she knows exactly what happened to Ronnie. She still, though, you have relationship with Ronnie's kids, the two children that Ronnie and his wife had together, right?
0: Yes. Yes, I'm close yeah. to them.
1: And she brings them over, what, you had told me, every other weekend.
0: Yeah. Every other weekend I go get them or from her house I go get them and, and I'll keep them.
1: And Is... Is that something that you just, you and she worked out, or is that something that the courts mandated? How did, how, how did that all happen? That's
0: what we just worked out. That's why I always got them every other weekend. Even when the Ronnie come missing, she would let me every other weekend. Every other weekend.
1: Does she know that you suspect that? Yes. And she still continues to make that commitment of every other weekend? Yes. It, what do you make of that? What do you make of that? That she she obviously knows you suspected, but she hasn't, you know, rea- retaliated, I guess would be the word, in any way. How do, how do you read into that? What do you read into that?
0: Now, I, I even told her in her face that I thought she had something to do with it. And she knows, or if she didn't have nothing to do with it. She knows something. And she said, I, she said she didn't have nothing to do with it. She don't know where Ronnie is. But... She's the kind of person can look you in the eye, and even if she's telling a lie, you think she's telling the truth. She's pretty cold, hearted. I know she loves the children. I mean, she's good to them kids.
1: And she continues, though, all these years later, seven years later, to, you have a relationship with these kids and of course you've had the opportunity to tell them you know about their dad
0: yeah yeah I, I show them pictures all the time and to them and and John said I want to go to heaven that's his son so I want to go to heaven and see my daddy I said Well, I hope he's in heaven. If there's something happening, I hope he's in heaven. And Chloe said, one day we will be. We'll we'll see him one day. I see right. You'll see him one day.
1: Do they look a lot? When you look in their faces, do you see your son?
0: Yes. Yes. The way John holds his eyes down, when he gets mad, he'll put his eyes down. And Chloe got the smile of him. The girls, I think, girls favor
1: him more than
0: he does, but he got the expression and the way he looks, you know, and stuff.
1: How old are How old are Ronnie's kids now?
0: Well, uh, Chloe, she's seven, and uh, John is eight.
1: So they were very, very young when Ronnie disappeared. Babies. They're just babies.
0: Yeah, they were just babies. They don't remember him. But but buy pictures and that's it. But okay. his other daughter, she knows him. She, she's thirteen right now. She'll be thirteen. June mm-hmm. twenty seventh, she'll be thirteen. Mm-hmm. No, twenty eighth. And he she remembers her daddy. She remembers his daddy her daddy a lot.
1: <laughs> what would you like to any last fi- final thoughts here, Wanda, about Everything that happened, you know, you you look back in it all these years later um, and, you know, you see your son, you remember him at a time when he was young, you know, before he got mixed up and the things that he got mixed and maybe he made a couple bad choices, including the, the choice of the wrong woman and everything. And, you know, how do you reflect on this all these years later?
0: How do I reflect on it? Yeah. Well, you know, maybe I could have done something different. <laughs> I don't
1: know. Well, you would not, you know, if that if that's how you're feeling. I want you to know that you're not alone. I, I I've talked to a lot of people, a lot of parents of of children who disappeared, and and there's a, there's a similar feeling out there, and I I don't want you to. If that's how you feel, I don't want you to, I don't, I'm not sure you f- should feel that way, but I also want you to know if you do feel that way and you're going to feel that way, you should know you no- you're not alone in that. You know, a lot of people look back at things that have happened to people in their lives and disappearances, and they say, hey, if I would have done this, if I would have done that, and it's, and it's perfectly natural.
0: I should have said something different. I should not. Said you know about his wife. He should go on and and get a divorce. And I shouldn't have said that to him. Maybe, but he ne- never know that something like that was, this was going to happen. You know, there's a lot of things a person would want to say and didn't get to say. But he did know I loved him. He know that. He know I loved him. Right.
1: You, um, I know you're on Facebook. That's how we, you and I, are originally met. You're on Facebook, so people can find you there. But is there a page, a, a Facebook page or anything set up for uh, Ronnie anywhere or anywhere else that people can reach you and find out about your son?
0: Well, he's on, um, uh, he's on all them, um, uh, places, what it call that, uh,
1: these missing person site like Charlie Project and Namus and the rest of them.
0: He's on all
1: of them. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, when I when we post this program, uh, I will sure to make sure all those links are in there. Okay, and so people can find out more about your son. Maybe somebody knows something out there, and maybe you know one of my listeners, uh, you know, can help you out in some way. And of course, we were. I, I was told about this case, uh, about you, and what happened through one of my listeners. That's how I found out about it, and I really um, appreciate that listener for doing that, for both you and me. Um, any final words before we end this interview, Wanda? Uh, yes, I see. Uh, that's for yeah. listening to me, and You're welcome. You're welcome, Wanda, and I, and I appreciate you uh, telling your story and telling everybody about your son on this episode of Unfound.
0: Thank you.
1: You're welcome. And that was my interview with Wanda Tosh, mother of Ronnie Russell. I thank her for being on the program. The problems with trying to solve this case are fairly obvious, We have people on drugs, and people on drugs are hard to believe. Not just regarding crimes, but about anything. Hence, rumors are out there that can't necessarily be proven. People on drugs who have addictions lie. That's just the way it is. And that doesn't matter if it's in Arkansas or California or New York or Florida or in Europe, Asia, anywhere. That's pretty par for the course. You have people in this case who are prone to violence, the wife's brother, Ronnie's cousins, the wife's new boyfriend, and Ronnie himself. He has his own demons that could make this a suicide, and the mystery involved in all this could end right there. And one last point, the police, they didn't really make this easy to solve either. Uh, they didn't put the wife's brother in jail for slashing Ronnie, at the very least, and it seems to me their attitude was that Ronnie disappeared, they knew about him, they probably knew that he had some addictions, and probably thought, well, what's the big deal? There's no big deal, and that's unfortunate. And if a couple of these points didn't exist, I think that would probably have more answers. If some of the people in this case weren't prone to violence or who weren't on drugs or if the police had done their part, I think we would have answers all of these years later. Even so, there are a few points about the interview that stuck out to me, starting with the ride Ronnie got to Hardee's. The story for the last six and a half years was that it happened at midnight. And as you heard in the interview, I'm not sure that that's the case. All I had to do was go and look up the store hours for that Hardee's in Batesville, Arkansas to find out that the night that Ronnie disappeared, it was only open till nine. So I started wondering, why is the manager of a Hardee's, and that's what Candy was, Why is she heading into work at midnight? And so now we're starting to think maybe it wasn't midnight that she went in. Maybe it was more like 6 in the morning, which would seem more like a more likely time for a manager of a fast food restaurant to be going to work. Well, then why was it for the last six and a half years that everybody believed it was midnight? There's something about that that seems strange to me. And there is surely a difference between Ronnie walking away at like 1 a.m. from a Hardee's and him vanishing in the morning of that next day. Because if it was at night, you could conceivably see of a way that he could walk from that Hardee's to his wife's house and then something happens there. But in the morning, it's daylight. I think he would have been seen. I think somebody would have seen something. But as you know, nobody saw anything. I think that this ride that Ronnie got to Hardy's really, really needs to be re-examined to find out what exactly happened. And in fact, I'll go as far as to say Did the ride that he got to Hardy's really happen? Because you also have to remember something else. That the cousins and the uncle said that Ronnie went off into the woods, and that was it. And that story pervaded for at least a few days. And then later, it, w- it was found out that Ronnie got this ride to town from this woman with the name Candy, not the Candy that it was his wife. It all seems a little suspicious to me. I have to tell you. The next major point about the interview was the letter, the candy. Ronnie's wife wrote that Wanda ended up giving to the police. Wanda admitted that she never read it. Wanda needs to see that letter and see if it says what Candy said it says. If it does, the police must follow up on the letter's assertion. And the the assertion was that the boyfriend Candy had at the time, while she and Ronnie were separated, the guy's name was Tony Watson, she said that Tony was the person who caused Ronnie to disappear. Well, is Candy saying this because she was on drugs at the time and doesn't know what she's talking about? Is it true, or is she just trying to get back at Tony for, I don't know, screwing her over at some point? We don't know. I think if we knew the contents of that letter, the words that she used, I think would be able to better figure out uh, what her motivation is and whether the letter is true or not. I think Wanda really needs to work on getting that letter. The last point regarding the interview was that somebody needs to find out if the Weiss brother actually went to this audition in Oklahoma. That is something that I think would be easy to find out. I think it should be pretty easy if American Idol or whatever show or – whatever production company was holding something in Oklahoma, there should still be a schedule on some website somewhere that could say if around November 4th, 2010, if there were singing auditions in Oklahoma. I don't know how I would find out if he was actually there, but a good place to start would be to see if there was auditions in the first place. And if there wasn't, then that would certainly blow a hole in his alibi that he was in a a totally different state and would also prove that Candy, Ronnie's wife, is lying. So what do I think happened to Ronnie Russell? I actually think that there are some very subtle signs as to what happened to him. I'm not inclined to believe that he committed suicide, but he went somewhere, killed himself, and his body was never discovered. For the simple reason that he took his wallet with him, you learn in many of these cases where people have decided to commit suicide, they usually leave everything behind. Their wallet, their purse, their phone, their keys, everything. That he took his wallet tells me that it probably was not a suicide. Number two. I do not believe that he was going to get drugs if this ride from his step-cousins to Hardys actually happened. And I really believe that's something that needs to be looked at again. I've already said that once. If, in fact, he got this ride from his step-cousins to Hardys, I don't believe he was going to get drugs either. Why? Because being that there were other family members that he had run into in the la- in the hours before that, in the 12 hours before that, I think that if they knew that he was going to get drugs, then I think that they might have gone along or that he would have said something to them about where he was going. He obviously did not, or they would have gone along, or it would have come out that he said he was going somewhere, simply because a few of them had addictions just like he did. So if it's not a suicide, and it's not an overdose of some type, he went to get drugs and something happened there. It's obvious what's left, that he disappeared due to somebody else. And being that he didn't tell anybody where he was going, why he needed that ride, I'm inclined that he was headed to a place where if he had told people where he was going, they would have tried to stop him from going there, whether his mother would have tried to stop him or his uncle or his cousins or whoever else. I think wherever he was going, he didn't want to tell anybody. And I think the number one place would be his wife's. And that's why I continue to believe that she is at least partly responsible for his disappearance, probably with the help of others. There are subtle hints that point me in that direction. Despite the problems that Ronnie was having in his personal life with himself, despite him having an addiction... I think when somebody disappears, you have to look at those people who were closest to the person who disappeared, and those people would be his wife and her brother, who had already committed a severe act of violence against him just a couple years before that. But I will leave the rest of the theorizing up to all of you. I hope some of you can maybe help Wanda in some way as she continues to try to find out what happened to her son, Ronnie. And that's the program. If you enjoyed this episode, please go to iTunes and give Unfound a five-star review. I thank you for listening. I'm Ed Denzel and you've been listening to Unfound.